Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. More than 200 fire department jurisdictions trust the Knox entry system to provide secure access to buildings, elevators, and control rooms when seconds matter. Now, businesses, schools, airports, several industrial applications are also using Knox entry to manage controlled access and authorize service activity for critical assets. Now, Knox entry allows you to develop a customized access strategy complete with an audit trail and rapid flexibility. Just go to Knox.com for more information. That's K-N-O-X.com. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. I'm glad you're with us. 12 days till Election Day. Best election coverage available on your radio dial. James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, their fourth installment, joins us today to tell us all about it. We'll play some of the highlights. And this time they uh, have an undercover sting operation, all the corruption exposed, and all the dark ops guys for Hillary Clinton, the DNC, this Robert Kramer, um, they actually donated money from a foreign country. They decided to use their own money, which they eventually got back, which is part of the cool part of the story. We've got Newt Gingrich checking in with us today. And a lot of news on the campaign trail. Let me give you the, uh, the polls that we're watching more closely. Investors Business Daily only because it was the most accurate the last three campaign cycles, 04, 08, 2012. They actually nailed it all three times. They have Clinton plus two. Rasmussen has Clinton plus one. The L.A. Times has it tied in their rolling average. And then you have polls anywhere between five and nine percent plus for Clinton. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to be Pollyanna. I'm going to give you real numbers. And if they end up being so awfully wrong like Brexit, that's only a good thing. Don't take any of these numbers because I went through the other day all of the different examples where, you know, polling numbers can be off 15 percentage points for crying out loud. It is an art. It's not science. Don't take it as science. Don't let the media deflate you. I can't tell you who's going to win, but I can tell you if you get deflated and stay home, it's stupid and you'll get the Hillary you deserve just like this country got Eight years of a disaster known as Barack Hussein Obama, and it's even worse than I predicted and told you in 07 and 08 it's going to be. So, you know, I don't know what to tell everybody here. Um, we've got a lot on the WikiLeaks front that we're going to get to today. I mean, 
You know, if I'm Bernie Sanders or a Bernie Sanders supporter and I'm reading the, the latest developments out of WikiLeaks today, you know, I'm going to be more angry at just how fundamentally corrupt the collusion. Do you realize there's collusion everywhere when it involves the Clintons? That's the word. You got collusion, the Clinton campaign and the Justice Department. You got collusion, the Clinton campaign and the State Department. You've got collusion, the Clinton campaign and the White House. Because why? Oh, maybe we should hold back these emails between Obama and Clinton because Obama, we got to clean up his mess because he actually lied when he said that the emails, he, I learned about it from the press just like everybody else, even though I was emailing her on the private email server. You know, I'm just, don't you get sick of being lied to? Don't you get sick of it? I do. I really do. Um, anyway, so we'll, uh, we, we're just following everything here, but just going off on the collusion aspects, if I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter and I'm reading WikiLeaks and the latest developments, I'm pissed because we already know that Debbie Wasserman Schultz and those emails, by the way, that showed racism and sexism and misogyny and anti-Semitism. Also know there's the needy Latino one, the very charges liberals make every election cycle against Republicans. Anyway, so we know there's collusion there. They're not exactly fans. The original WikiLeaks dump showed the DNC that resulted at the eve of the the convention. Debbie Wasserman Schultz being thrown out. But then she's, of course, rehired by Hillary Clinton. Is that what you're writing me? I'm not even I don't even have it up there. Every time I mention it, you write the same thing. Do you think I'm dumb? No. Do you think I don't do my homework? Well, looking at those tweets last night, I get worried. I want to make sure you're on your game. A2 Brute. You know, I had to fall on my sword on Twitter today. I literally... I can't help it during the middle of this election. I'm not making an excuse. I actually said, have at it. I have no excuse. People kept right drunk tweeting. I was, no, I just I was half asleep in my bed and I didn't I wear glasses. I didn't put my glasses on. I was out of it. And it's something I saw somewhere on my phone pissed me off. And I just just sort of mangled a tweet or two, uh, you know, drunk tweeting. What a media. Listen, I don't I deserve it. I absolutely deserve it because it was so stupid that I I didn't put my glasses on. Uh, I don't get drunk. I don't use drugs. So it wasn't any of the above. But it's so funny. They actually concluded on media. I and I got to say, this is funny. You got to be able to laugh at yourself. They concluded tweeting plus beer. Bad combination. I did have a beer last night, but I didn't have multiple beers last night. And it was long after. I was half asleep. It's so stupid. I was so dumb. I'm not really that embarrassed. Everyone makes mistakes. I'm not perfect. All have sinned and fallen short. Miss Perfect over there that's laughing her ass off. Linda, did you enjoy it when you got up this morning and saw the articles? I was like, oh, man, I'm going to break them today. Well, wait a minute. How many times have you written me at 3 in the morning and I write you right back? Yes, you do, because we're both up watching We're news. both psychotic. It's exactly. It's, yeah, and and it's, I sleep better than ever, but I don't try to sleep anymore. I just All I do is dig into this election. And dig deeper. And I don't think it's going to take me probably months to get normal because I'm already working on the agenda to save America. And this is win, lose or draw. This has nothing to do with the outcome of the election that I will be unveiling either the 9th or the 10th of this of the month of November. So I've been upwriting that late every night. And I have a couple of bombshell secrets in there, but I can't. We won't talk about it now. Anyway, so the collusion 
between the Clinton campaign Justice Department, collusion with the State Department, collusion with the White House, and a pretty revealing exchange between campaign manager Robbie Mook and Cheryl Mills with the subject line DNC update, the two are discussing how to best utilize the DNC in the upcoming primary campaign, particularly leaders such as Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Amy Dacey, whoever the hell she is. But and in other emails that have surfaced, you know, Donna Brazil sending questions to the Clinton campaign. And meanwhile, Bernie Sanders is left out in the cold and they even passed on Bernie Sanders intel to the Clinton campaign. This is the DNC now, you knew it was all fixed anyway with this ridiculous superdelegate system that the Democrats have. Now, Bernie Sanders supporters, you ought to feel like you got a knife in your back and you got screwed and they totally fixed this so that he had no shot. You still want to support that person in a general election? By the way, how do you like Donald Trump on trade issues, for example? Do you think Hillary Clinton's good for your health care? Good luck with that. Also, the Clinton camp bemoaning, this is pretty funny, too, one of Clinton's close advisors calling her secret email effing insane, according to new emails. You think? Like this whole thing is effing insane. Neera Tandon, head of the Center for American Progress, writing John Podesta. I love when you get the truth. It's like they're saying, oh, God, our candidate is so dumb. She has bad judgment, John Podesta said. Bad judgment. I'm like, wow, why don't you say all this stuff publicly so we can all share in in the fun? Uh, ABC News points out that, well, I want to get to this bigger issue, because this, I think, is the smoking gun of what's going on here. And I, I it's going to it's 13, pa- a 12 page memo written by uh, this guy, Doug Band, who is a top Clinton aide and runs the Clinton Foundation detailing what is an extraordinarily com- complex corrupt financial arrangement in a couple of different ways. One is with his consulting company, Tenio, and the Clinton Foundation in a memo that was hacked by WikiLeaks. Tenio Partners raised in excess of $8 million for the foundation, more than $5.25 million of which is in the bank. He says Tenio Partners have generated over $3 million in paid speeches for Bill Clinton and $1.25 million, which has been paid to him thus far. The consulting company formed by Band and former State Department envoy Declan Kelly, the memo uh, about its activities show this incredible balance of corruption, the incredible threading of a needle here. Let me explain what you, let me bottom line this for you in this 12 page memo, which I agree with Reince Priebus is a smoking gun, because what it does here and the, and the Washington Examiner, I think, had the best summary of this. What it does here is it shows how they use this foundation. Remember, it's supposed to be for charity. Now, remember, what did we have happen during right after the Haiti earthquake? What do we have, 150,000 people dead? And remember, they made the separate list of friends of Bill, people that donate to the Clinton Foundation, two separate lists. And what was the purpose of creating the list? So that those people can be the contractors that benefit financially From the aid that they raise, being a former president, the credibility of a former president, to give it to their cronies that can then kick them back. It's called the kickback, pay to play, and give more money to the Clinton Foundation. It's so disgustingly corrupt. 
Now what we're learning today is they actually go through how the foundation was used for a massive for-profit business for Bill Clinton for speaking fees, consulting fees, enriching themselves to the tune of $116 million in personal income. Slick Willie. Yeah, that guy. In other words, you got Doug Ban defending himself in the face of Chelsea Clinton's suspicion that he was making money off his proximity to the Clintons by detailing the $116 million in personal income he generated for the former president. So in defending himself, he says, independent of our fundraising and our decision-making activities on behalf of the foundation, we have dedicated ourselves to helping the president secure and engage in for-profit activities including speeches, books, and advisory service engagements. By the way, wouldn't this violate all the rules of a 401c3 and charitable contribution, which, by the way, on the record, only gave 6% of their money raised to charities when you're talking about tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars? Anyway, he said, neither Justin or I are separately compensated. Now he's pissed for these activities, meaning the $116 million he's raising for Bill Clinton. We don't receive a fee for the percentage of these, for the more than $50 million in for-profit activity we personally help secure for the president to date, or the $66 million in future contracts should he choose to continue with these engagements. That's $116 million. Now, the RNC and other WikiLeaks documents pointing out today that, you know, banned encouraging clients to donate to the Clinton Foundation and asking then White House counsel John Podesta to meet with the CEO of a commodities company. All their talk about charitable work masks the fact that they were eager to get their own cut of the action. Ouch. Sting. Rebuke. You know what Ben Franklin once said? The sting in any rebuke is the truth. So you got the Clintons literally, they're pulling in millions and millions and millions of dollars from the same donors that had business before Hillary's State Department in what is only and can only be described as a abusive abuse of power pay-to-play scheme, an entire culture that is now revealed before your very eyes which then goes to the heart of what I've been telling you. She is the single most dishonest, the biggest liar, the most corrupt, self-enriching candidate that I've ever seen. (laughs) And the idea that Chelsea is calling out these guys for, quote, hustling business opportunities out of the foundation, these guys are pissed and they reveal the whole scheme. And then add to that what we had learned earlier. 55% of people that saw Hillary Clinton, individuals that saw Hillary when she was Secretary of State, were donors to the Clinton Foundation. Do you not see how fundamentally, abusively corrupt this whole thing is? It's unbelievable. At every level. I just can't believe that so many of you don't get this. I just can't believe that there are people in this country saying they'll still vote for this woman. You want to get rid of the Clintons? Well, it, it, it's like they're a king and queen. They take what they want. They break the laws. 
They get caught committing crimes. They lie. Then they collude with the Justice Department. Then they meet them on planes. Or then you have Terry McAuliffe give the chief investigator for the FBI's wife $500,000 for a campaign. And then they collude with the State Department, get get knowledge ahead of time. Then they collude with the White House about what emails they're going to give out or don't give out. And people still will vote for her. You know what this reminds me of? 2008. I kept telling you, Bill Ayers, Bernadine Dorn. I kept telling you, the Church of GD America. I kept telling you about ACORN. I kept telling you about Frank Marshall Davis, Black Liberation Theology. I kept trying to warn people, trying to warn people. I, you know, and then I'm, I, you know, I'm reading, who was it? Jason Chaffetz today. Uh, I got this in my pile somewhere here, but, you know, he, he's making a point. Well, we're going to investigate her forever. And I'm thinking, all right, yeah, we can investigate her forever, but she's still the freaking president. We have new news that she wants, she said as Secretary of State, our goal is to strengthen Russia. I'm like, gee, oh, House Republican Jason Chaffetz says, oh, there's years of investigations. It's a target-rich environment. Listen, I love Jason Chaffetz, but that, that doesn't mean crap, to be honest. Really? Benghazi, how did that work out? Email server, how did that work out? They'll lie, obfuscate. You know, things will disappear. People will take the fifth. They'll get immunity from the FBI. Nobody gets caught. Nobody goes to jail. So you can investigate till the cows come home. And then the country goes totally down in the shh-er. That's where it's going. That's where it's headed. But, you know, I can only do so much here. It's up to you. You get the country you deserve. You'll get the Supreme Court justices you deserve. The refugees that are unvetted you deserve. Illegal immigrants that take jobs away from you to deserve the educational system you deserve the health care increase premiums you get deserve the coal miners will lose their job coal companies will be out of work and we'll still be kissing the ass of everybody that sells us oil and hates our guts today I want to talk about how to grow the African-American middle class and to provide a new deal for black America that deal is grounded in three promises safe communities great education and high-paying jobs. My vision rests on a principle that has defined this campaign right from the beginning. And you've seen where we've come from and where we are right now. It's called America First. Every African-American citizen in this country is entitled to a government that puts their jobs, wages, and security first. I'm asking today for the honor of your vote and the privilege to represent you as your president. And I will not let you down. You watch. Here is the promise I make to you. Whether you vote for me or not, I will be your greatest champion. We live in a very divided country, but I will be your greatest champion. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. You know, Pew has Clinton plus six. You've got, let's see, Rasmussen has Clinton plus one. L.A. Times has uh, it a tie today. ABC tracking Clinton plus six. And let's see, The Economist, YouGov, Clinton plus three. Investors Business Daily, Clinton plus two. Now, some of you say, Hannity, why are you giving us? You're deflating us. You're not being fair. You're, you're believing the, the mainstream media and their polling. I'm, I'm not believing anybody. 
but nor am I Pollyanna. I'm just looking at the numbers. Numbers are numbers. You know, unfortunately, maybe I have a very, very different perspective about numbers because of, you know, the 30 years in radio and the 20 years, 20, now my 21st year at Fox is that I get numbers every day, ratings every day of my life. And you look at them, and sometimes you know they're total BS. You know they're a lie. You know one thing I've never done on this program in all my years in radio and TV? I don't come on here and say, oh, I'm number one, I'm number two, I'm number five. I just don't do it. Here's what I I found that works best. And believe me, you want the highest numbers you can have. And, you know, the last two months, I think, in demo at Fox, we've been number one. Okay, I'm not. I'm making a point. You didn't hear me bragging about it. People write about this crap all the time. But then they can't write, he's down 30% from the election year. And I'm like, you know, so you don't get too high, you don't get too low, and you just stay even. You just take it, you look at it, you observe it. And you also then look at all the examples, all the times that numbers have been wrong over the years. And I'm just, I'm just giving you a fact-based analysis of what the numbers are. And I'm just trying to glean through it a little bit. And there's some trouble. One of the problems I hate to Evan McMullen is, you know, is causing a big problem for Donald Trump in Utah. I guess. Thank you very much, Mitt Romney and whoever else, who put McMullen. Who's the one that recruited him? Do you know, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to it. Uh, Evan McMullen, for those that are friends of mine in Salt Lake City, and I have many of them, is never going to be the next president. Unless you want to help Hillary Clinton, you can go for Evan McMullen, because that's exactly what you're doing. You'd be helping Evan McMullen. There are some positive things to look at um, that I will share with you, because I think it's important. I know that in in all the swing states, Republicans are tracking ahead of 2012 in in terms of early voting. And they are tracking behind their 2012 numbers. Absentee voting is better than what the polls are showing. You see these lines that are massive. I think that gives a lot of hope. But let me be realistic what I think Donald Trump's path is. Donald Trump must hold every single state Mitt Romney won, including Utah. Then, if you want his path to 270, this is it. He's got to win. There's no ifs, ends, or buts, the following states. Well, North Carolina is a must-win state for Donald Trump. He's got to win. Florida is a must-win state for Donald Trump. Ohio is a must-win state for Donald Trump if you want him to be president. Iowa is a must-win state for Donald Trump. Nevada is a must-win state but Donald Trump, that second congressional district in Maine is really important to Donald Trump. He's got to win it if you want to get to 270. You can get 269, then it goes to Paul Ryan and the Republicans in the House. Good luck with that. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? And then he's got to win New Hampshire. If he doesn't win New Hampshire, these are his backups. His backups would be New Mexico, hard state for a Republican to win. His backup would be Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is a game changer for Republicans if they can flip it from blue to red. 
Virginia, Virginia polls have been notoriously bad. They were they were off 13 points when Ed Gillespie ran what in 2014. Had they had they focused on Virginia, they could have won. He only lost he lost by less than one percentage point, point eight, point seven percent. He could have won that race. Everybody thought it was a foregone conclusion because they believed the polls. That was one of those. Matt Bevan is another example. They had Bevin losing by a ton, and he ended up winning by eight-something. Brexit is another one. That's a 10-point swing in Great Britain. So I'm not saying any of this is out of the realm of possibility, but I'm not Pollyannish either. I honestly, truly, completely don't know. The only thing I can honestly tell you is this. Nothing that happens in 12 days is going to surprise me. There's no outcome where I would say, wow, I didn't see that coming. There's not, I, in other words, a blowout on either side would not shock me to my core. A narrow victory by either one would not shock me to my core. So I, I guess at this point I'm saying that, like I have been saying from the beginning, what is this election about for me? What is it about? Well, okay, I warned you about Obama. I was not successful in convincing with the powerful microphone that people seem to think that I have. The country that Obama would be a disaster for our country. On foreign policy, he's been a disaster. What he did in Iraq, to me, is unforgivable. 5,000 Americans shed their blood, died. He had thousands more lose their limbs, come back you know, not looking anything like what they look like when they left. You have Syria, the red line in the sand. Syria and Iraq combined creates the vacuum for ISIS to emerge with the financial resources now to spread into, what, 40-some-odd countries? Why did that happen? Because America pulled out and didn't maintain a victory. Look, I'm watching the battle for Mosul, like many of you are now, well, maybe most of you are not. Probably most of you just thrown your hands up and said, why bother? But Americans fought, bled, and died for Mosul, only to be taken over by ISIS. Americans fought, bled, and died for Ramadi and Tikrit and Fallujah and Baghdad. And now ISIS, you know, controls such a big part of the region. We don't pay attention to the Christian genocide that is going on, the Yazidis and others. We do on this show. Others don't. So I look at that disaster. I look at him supporting the Muhammad, uh, Muhammad Morsi. By the way, in the WikiLeaks, they brag about how close they are to the Muslim Brotherhood. Can you believe that? I couldn't believe it when I saw that. Well, that explains why they gave the former head of the Muslim Brotherhood, a known terrorist organization, tanks and F-16s and $1.5 billion taxpayer dollars, Hillary I'm talking about, and Obama. And then, of course, you, then you have the disaster that is Benghazi, Libya, North Africa, the Middle East in general, Syria, Iraq, and you have this great Iranian deal, $150 billion to the Iranians so they can continue to spin their centrifuges, and it's been an unmitigated disaster. That's what this election's about for me. I want a, uh, I want a president that will say the words radical Islam as simple as that may seem. I want a president that is not going to increase the number of refugees, but rather set up safe zones for those that are victims of a civil war in Syria. I'm not saying don't take care of people. I'm saying do it the right way. I'm also saying here 
that I think there are important things that we ought to be doing that we're not doing, like vetting refugees and not increasing their numbers 550% like Hillary wants. That's what this election is about. This election is about 95 million Americans out of the labor force. 95 million. Pay attention. Real people, real suffering, really needless suffering. It's about the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. It's about the lowest home ownership rate in 51 years. It's about the worst recovery since the 1940s. It's about the additional 13 million Americans on food stamps. It's about the additional 8 million Americans in poverty. Now, Hannity, you don't really care about people. You don't care. You only care about yourself. Yeah, if I cared about myself, I'd, you know, I'd be talking about Kate Beckinsale's divorce. I mean, what, you know, in frivolous nonsense. You know, talk about what Howard Stern talks about. That's what I'd be talking about. And I'm not saying Howard's, you know, Howard's actually pretty smart. Is he supporting Hillary, really? He can't be. I don't believe that. Jason says yes, Linda says no. Go Google it and see where he stands. I can't believe I know he didn't release the tapes. I don't care what it says on Google because Google's in the Clinton's pocket. What I know like is Facebook, like like Facebook, like Twitter, like Instagram. But what I do know is that Howard Stern has been a very vocal opponent of many things that Hillary has done, a supporter of things that Trump has done, a supporter of Israel. And yeah. if he was voting for Trump, he wouldn't be saying it out loud because he works on a, ma- a major network. He told us when he was on our show years ago that uh, his parents like my show. That's like all these people show up at a book signing. You know, a young, good-looking girl come up. Can you sign this for my great, 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 great grandmother? He has a little different audience, so pretty funny. Well, I'm going to tell you because this impact has more numbers for you. One in five American families don't have a single family member in the workplace. One in five. One in six men, 18 to 34, in jail. In mommy's basement, smoking pot probably, wasting their lives away, depressed, you know, because they don't have any opportunity. And then, of course, we robbed future generations. You know, this president accumulating more debt than every other president before him combined. That's what the, this, this election is about, all of that to me. So, yeah, you can vote for the single most dishonest, the biggest liar, a pathological congenital liar, the single most corrupt human being on the planet. You can vote for the person that has enriched herself and her husband have enriched themselves more than any people that we've ever seen. And you'll get the government you freaking deserve. And don't come whining here. And if you don't vote, or if you're a never-Trumper, then you own her Supreme Court nominees. Those people that will cite foreign law, foreign constitutions to justify their thumbing their nose at our Constitution, not respecting separation of powers, co-equal branches of government, simple basic things, you know, you'll get the activist justices that you know Hillary will appoint. You will get the refugees that Comey and and Brennan and Steinbeck and McCall and General Allen and all these other guys warn you and James Clapper all say we'll be infiltrated by ISIS. You'll get the refugees you deserve. You will own that, too. You will get the single payer that Hillary obviously wants. You'll keep the Obamacare she says she wants to keep. With your rates going up so far since Obama's 
Medicare has been in place, $4,100 for family. You didn't keep your doctor, your plan. You paid $4,100 more, and you're going to see in some cases, like in Arizona, Nevada, a 100% increase in your premiums. Go ahead. Eat it. Enjoy it. And when coal miners, you hear about their fate being fired and coal companies out of work, and you see America as, as energy prices skyrocket, then don't be surprised that you know, you'll own that. And as we stand on our knees and kiss the ass of countries that hate us to beg for the lifeblood of our economy, you'll own that too. And when your educational system is just decrepit, you know, a friend of my, my wife actually was forced by her teachers union to make calls on behalf of Democrats yesterday for an hour. Forced. Her job's gone if she doesn't make it. She was very thankful nobody picked up. She wasn't going to sell her soul. So she just made the calls and, oops, no answer, click, no answer, click, no answer, click. I tried. Sad. But you'll get the top-down, common core, failed education. We spend more per student, 18th, 22nd, 25th, in reading, math, science. Good luck. You'll have the open borders, and they'll compete with Americans for jobs. You'll have open borders. And you'll get also the possibility of those that hate this country coming in, too. And whatever damage they may do. If one, uh, what is this Florida poll that somebody sent me? Trump ahead with Election Day voters 50 to 36. That's an interesting. That's Florida Atlantic University. And he's ahead already. I think Trump's going to win Florida, Ohio, and North Carolina. I'm, I, I feel it. I just think he will. But he still has to win you know, to go over my list here very quickly, because she's yelling at me, meaning Linda, you still have to win North Carolina, Florida, Ohio, Iowa, Nevada, Maine, 2nd Congressional District, New Hampshire, or Pennsylvania, Virginia, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Minnesota, or New Mexico. Um, that's the path. That's the only path. I see you and I hear you. I am your voice. I'll tell you the bottom line. I love our country. I will never let you down, I promise. I will never, ever let you down. My only special interest is you, the American people. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Write down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN. Now, in light of what we discovered today, we have the latest batch of Clinton emails released by WikiLeaks today. And what does it describe? You know, trusted aide of Bill Clinton, Doug Band, you know, goes out there and said he arranged $50 million in payments for the former president, part of a complicated mingling of lucrative business deals, charity work of the Clinton Foundation, all mapped out in a memo released by WikiLeaks. Anyway, so the report's written by Doug Band, who has now transitioned from his job as a Clinton aide to a partner in Tenio Consulting. One example, Band said, was Laureate International University, the for-profit international school that donated more than $1.4 million to the Clinton Foundation was paying Bill Clinton $3.5 million a year to serve as, quote, honorary chancellor. The company said that Clinton got more than $17 million before the relationship ended last year, just as Hillary was beginning her bid for the presidency. But Ban said handling the laureate relationship was very time-consuming, not to mention all the other tasks we handled for Bill Clinton. We have, in effect, served as agents. 
lawyers, managers, implementers, he said, hauling in $50 million in personal work for Clinton and lining up $66 million more. Neither Justin or I are separately compensated for these activities, he wrote to Justin Cooper, another Clinton aide who had joined him. But when you get into the the deep weeds and details of all of this, there's another. You have a Stanley Greenberg thinks that Hillary Clinton may be immune to pay to play charges, according to an email February 2016 that he sent to John Podesta. She seems indifferent to the systemic corruption that makes it impossible for government to act for the middle class or address big problems like climate or health care. She may be immune to pay to play, but the system isn't. She's got to distinguish between self and country and needs to. And it gets even more interesting as we look at some of the other developments here. The hacked emails reveal this intersection of charity and personal income here. But anyway, Doug Band details all of this in this memo that he wrote in 2011 to foundation lawyers conducting a review of the organization. Now, in the case of Laureate University, remember, as Hillary was secretary of state, she had the university added at the time they're paying her husband to a... State Department event involving education abroad. Is that pay to play? Bill Clinton boasting of Hillary's working relationship with the Muslim Brotherhood. That came in as well by John Hayward in a, in a piece that he put out. Anyway, Bill Clinton gave uh, at the home of these two people revealed in public for the first time through WikiLeaks of about a working relationship with the Muslim brother and Mohammed Morsi in Egypt. Well, maybe that explains why they gave the Muslim Brotherhood F-16s, tanks, and $1.5 billion taxpayer dollars. Former State Department official coordinated with Team Clinton on Uranium One scandal. They reveal a disturbing connection between the Podesta and a partner uh, and a uh, DOJ official as we've told you before about this unhealthy alliance, especially during the time Hillary's being, in fact, investigated by the DOJ. Anyway, here to help sort it all out is former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. How are you? Well, you know, this is now so unbelievable. They are so clearly just common criminals. I mean, you know, this, this, this would be a RICO statute if it involved anybody not in public life. It would clearly be organized crime. Uh, at every level, they are ripping off people. They are exploiting their access to power. Um, I'm, I am really astonished that the elite media manages to avoid covering it, although I, I have pointed out that Bob Woodward, the chief investigative editor of the Washington Post, one of the two guys who were the key to Watergate, Woodward said last Sunday, this is absolutely corruption. There's no other word to describe it except corruption. And of course, every day it gets worse. Every day we learn more things about how anti-Catholic they are, about how crooked they are, about how many people thought she was doing things that were wrong. I mean, it's uh, there was this enormous conspiracy of silence, which if it weren't for WikiLeaks, we would still be in the dark trying to understand how the Clinton system operates. But it's just very obvious now. It's also obvious, by the way, it turns out from the WikiLeaks that she did a huge fundraiser for the PAC, which then gave a half million dollars to the wife of the FBI deputy director, who was going to supervise the investigation into uh, her emails. I mean, this is the kind of stuff I couldn't write. You know, as you know, I wrote treason as a novel. I couldn't write in a novel these kind of steps. People think I was crazy. They said that can't. That it could never be that bad. Well, guess what? We're being taught it is that bad. They are that sick. The system is that much in trouble. And I think that's a danger to the entire American system. Well, I think it is too. I mean, I'm going to lay all of this out. You're going to help me lay it out on TV tonight. We're going to make it a little more visual so people can understand it a little bit better. 
better. But, you know, as Ryan's previous, I think, rightly pointed out, this 12-page memo by this guy Doug Band is a smoking gun because this is the Clintons using their foundation, creating a massive for-profit and paid speaking and consulting business, enriching themselves to the tune of $116 million of personal income and, you know, independent of their fundraising and decision-making activities on behalf of the foundation, they've dedicated themselves, you know, for all these for-profit activities. That in and of itself may be illegal for a a nonprofit, and they're whining that they're not getting paid or they're not getting a piece of the action, which these emails show. But, you know, then you look at what the Clinton Foundation has done. They're only spending 6% on charity. And and remember, for a great deal of this period, she is the Secretary of State. I mean, they are so blatantly violating every rule of American government every rule of the, of the rule of law. And then their defense, frankly, is to corrupt the Justice Department. We, we now know from, I think it was yesterday's WikiLeaks, that uh, the chairman of her campaign, John Podesta, was having dinners with Justice Department officials. I mean, this is the kind of stuff, this is so far beyond any plausible explanation that we are, we are in danger of electing the first an openly corrupt person ever to become president of the United States, and that poses enormous dangers to the entire American system. Well, I agree with you, and we're 12 days from Election Day, and will this be absorbed and factored into by a voting public? By the way, I'm not a fan of early voting. Are you? No, I, I actually, Clinton, I just voted. So, so I guess... I'm, it... sorry, I'm, I'm sorry for a great disappointment. <laughs> Uh well okay you so, voted but we're pretty we're pretty sure we're not going to change our minds no I'm pretty so we, sure you're not going <laughs> to change your mind either but I I guess what's really important here is though will the American people be able to absorb this you know so much can happen in the lead up in the final weeks to a campaign and my question is is why don't we have one voting day why don't we just have one day like we used to have or you have a system that can deem itself you know we could legitimately let people vote online. But there's got to be a verification process and one that won't lend itself to corruption. I mean, there are stories out there today about, you know, a whole bunch of reports out of Texas where voter fraud is being talked about at length. Philly.com, you know, is reporting today that Senator Marks, who's Bruce Marks, a state senator there, is worried about what's happening in Philadelphia. He said massive absentee ballot fraud. He said campaign workers voting for people who had died or moved from their election divisions years ago. And Democratic uh, machine thugs forcibly preventing Republican poll watchers from challenging fraudulent activity. It's up there right now on on Philly.com. We hear this every election year, and then it gets pushed under the carpet. Well, I mean, Philadelphia is a center of vote theft. Uh, the state officials have said so, uh, and, and it could be big enough to actually affect the outcome of the election for, the, for Senator Toomey and the election for, for Donald Trump. So I think Philadelphia is one of the places you have to look at critically. And I find it always amazing that the Democrats are against honest voting. They're against any effort which would allow you to determine whether or not somebody, in fact, should be voting. And it's, it's, it's startling to me how deeply and openly committed they are to allowing uh, you know dead people to vote, uh, people who have already moved uh, to, to vote because somebody... Somebody once said in a Pulitzer Prize-winning story, well, we knew how they'd vote if they came back, so we thought we would save them the trip. Isn't that nice uh, of them? Yeah, isn't that really, isn't that thoughtful of them? Yes, um, it's remarkable. So interpret the poll numbers for us. The Investor's Business Daily Poll, which has been the most accurate poll for the last three presidential election cycles, has today, it's a rolling average, Clinton plus two. The LA Times has it tied Rasmussen has Clinton plus one. Then you've got these other polls that have anywhere between Clinton plus five and Clinton plus nine. How do you read the polls and what does it mean to you? Well, I, I, I don't 
take any of the polls very seriously right now because I don't know what they're factoring in. Uh, I mean, if they're expecting an Obama-scale turnout among the Af- among African Americans, I'd be very surprised if that happened. If they're expecting millennials to rush out and vote for Hillary Clinton and the numbers that they voted for Bernie Sanders, I'd be very surprised if that happens. Um, you know, there, there are anecdotal evidence uh, of, uh, for example, that northern Minnesota is going to be overwhelmingly for Trump and that he may be very close to carrying Minnesota. But but I, my view is that this is a little bit like Brexit was in Great Britain. The the anger of people who really want to change things is so deep, and the amount of media effort to attack Trump is so enormous that there are a lot of people who will not say Donald Trump uh, to, a, to a phone call. So how, how, in, I don't mean to press you here. How convinced are you that's real? Well, I'm very convinced... Uh, I mean, I said somebody said to me a while ago that they won't tell people that they're going to vote for Donald Trump. That they didn't mind telling me privately, but they didn't want me to tell anybody else. So I'm, I'm very convinced that there's a lot of that kind of pressure. By the way, we um, do get a lot of pushback because we do say we're voting for Trump. I'm getting heat. You're getting heat. We both have gotten heat. Of course. I mean, you know, the, the, as far as the elite media is concerned, and so in the social elites are concerned, the fix is in. Uh, and I think that's just a fact. On the other hand, um, when I look at the size of his crowds, and I don't know if you saw this one picture, may have been actually on your show that I saw it, where, where the, they showed how few people came out to see uh, Senator Tim Kaine in, in uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it, it was such a small turnout. 30 that, people. Uh, By know, the way, and in Utah. Running for, running for Congress, I would have been embarrassed to have that that turnout 30 people is so embarrassing and then interestingly i think that what three four five thousand yesterday in salt lake city utah for mike pence now a lot of people are concerned based on the utah numbers because uh, apparently there's this third party candidate evan mcmullen who's running and apparently doing well out in utah could you imagine trump would win but for utah what a disaster yeah, that would be just, i know I, that's one of the things that makes this one of the most amazing years of our lifetime i mean <laughs> You know, you, By the way, you I hate that you're friend? so you're very, very just analytical and and dispassionate. Almost, it makes my blood boil when I hear that because it's so I mean, insane. But I listen I mean, to that. I remember one time it was in 2004 before the election, and I said, "Why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he doing this?" And you and I were at Del Fresco's. We were eating together. And you just very calmly listened to me rant and rave for five minutes. Then you calmly said to me, well, if he doesn't do those things, he'll lose. That's what you said to me. And I'm like, and I remember this looking at you like, geez, this is annoying. Why don't you get as worked up as I do? Well, look, I'm, you know, probably because I'm a historian. And as a historian, I find it all amazing. I, I feel privileged to be part of a free country that has this kind of a circus go on. Uh, we, we are the most open system. Although I must say, the rise in Iceland of the new pirate party and the rise in, in, in Italy of a reform party founded by a comedian uh, are certainly going to give them some talking rights in terms of interesting and amazing politics. But we still have this remarkable American system, and I, I worry a lot about Hillary just because I think she is both so corrupt and with her emails she was so absolutely in violation of any plausible uh, national security approach that I, I really find it very hard to to deal with the idea that she could win. So I'm, I'm probably too biased forecaster. Uh, but at the same time, I will say that I think that we are, we're in a situation at a moment where I sense a lot of momentum for Trump, and I sense that all of these Wikipedia things 
uh, are just gradually grinding her up. I mean, people, you know, when 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 you have people like Bob Woodward say she's just, you know, they're just corrupt. Yeah, you meant WikiLeaks corruption. No, that's that's yeah. pretty amazing. You know, it is pretty amazing, and you're right. Twelve days to go. Look, I feel like I I felt like I felt after 2008. I feel like I've tried to warn everybody. I think I've been more accurate predicting Obama's failed policies than I ever wanted to be or ever thought I would be. And I would argue the same thing is going to happen if we elect the most dishonest, the most corrupt, the most personally enriching candidate ever to run for this office. And then America will then suffer the consequences of their decision. I wish it wasn't so. But if they choose her... They'll get the Supreme Court they deserve, the refugees they deserve, open border problems they deserve, coal miners out of work, the health care system they deserve, the educational system they deserve, and that's right. a shame. But that's part of the education of a free society. I, I do have to say, by the way, uh, yeah. that I, I was very, very encouraged, and I gave a, uh, a Facebook live talk on, on uh, mm-hmm. Saturday about uh, Trump's contract with the american voter and and which has now gotten like three million four hundred thousand views i'm going to put that up on my website again because i put up today donald trump actually signed his contract with the american voter and uh i have to end it there but we'll pick this up tonight you're going to be joining us on tv again. all right and people people can go to oh by the way let me mention and also you're going to be friday at foxtail bookshop in woodstock georgia outside of atlanta 7 p.m yeah close and i'm really looking forward to it All right. Thank you, sir. All right. I'll see you tonight. It'll be great fun. All right. Thank you. Uh, Former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Bad news for those who are covered by Obamacare. Premiums are going up next year by an average of 25 percent. The reasons why this is happening are too complicated to get into. But here's the gist. If you hate Obama, this is his fault. And if you like him, it's not his fault at all. But that's how it goes. The way people react to a story largely depends on how the story is presented and what they already think. So this afternoon, we went out on the street and we made it seem like higher premiums. You know, premiums, a good word most of the time. So we made it seem like higher premiums were a good thing. And this is how people took it in our first ever edition of Positive Spin. Good news today about Obamacare. Premiums will be increasing by 25%. That's double digits. Are you psyched? Yeah. Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. Did you think Obama could pull it off? I think Obama does a pretty good job. I believe in him. Thanks to President Obama, premiums will increase by double digits. Isn't that great? Yes. Yeah, Obama promised to raise the premiums, and he did it. Do you want to thank him, or...? Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Obama. For raising our premiums. For raising our premiums and Obamacare. Do you feel like you finally have the high premiums that you deserve? Yeah, definitely. Or at least my parents do. Yeah. What are they going to do with all of that extra premium money that they're paying? I don't know. Buy stuff? Great. And just for the people at home, could you explain real quick what healthcare premiums are and why it's great that they're increasing? They're just, you know, healthcare stuff that are premium and they're going up because it's better to go higher than to go lower. Do you think this will go down as one of President Obama's greatest contributions to this country, raising those premiums double digits? Yeah, I think he's going to go out with a bang, you know? I think he's doing, I think he's done a lot, but the way he's going out is going to be the best, you know? A gangster. (laughs) Double digits are pretty gangster. Yeah, Yeah, they are. Would triple digits be even more gangster? More gangster, even the more. The more the better. Quadruple digits? Yes. How high would you like to see premiums go, ideally? Five digits. Are your friends and family excited to be finally spending more premium money? 
I wouldn't say psych. It's just a thing. It's like we talk about it. We don't. It's in the air. Um, it's never really like a set thing that I feel like all of my friends and me are talking about or something like that. Which it probably should be, but it's not. It's almost like you guys don't even like understand it at all. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't make this stuff up. I swear you can't make it up. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. All right, let's get to our busy uh, telephones here, as we have promised. Uh, all right, let's get to who's first here. Let's say hi to Gil is in Texas. Gil, hey, how are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean, how are you doing today? I'm good, sir. What's going on? Hey, I just wanted to offer a little encouragement to all the listeners out there. I've been listening to a lot of people just uh, feel a little downtrodden about the uh, you know, the, 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 all the voter rigging and stuff like that's going on. And uh, after 21 and a half years in the military, uh, I know that Psychological Operations 101 says that if you take the mind, the body will follow. So basically what it means is if you actually uh, take part of the uh, battle away from the people, in other words, you take 50% of the fight away before the war even starts, then you've, you've pretty much won. And this plays right into the Democratic playbook. If everybody believes that it's not worth going out and voting, then we've already lost. So I just want to encourage people to get out there Listen, and I, really I, vote. I, all of this means nothing at the end of the day. And right. I am not Pollyanna. I am not going to sit here and say this is uh, these polls are all wrong. I'm not going oh, to I'm not going to tell you that. I'm giving you the straight scoop on where the polls are. I'm telling you exactly what the truth is in the hopes that you know, but polls aren't everything. You know, Investors no. Business Daily today has Clinton plus two. That was the most accurate poll in the last three election cycles. Has Clinton plus two. The LA Times has it a tie. Rasmussen has Clinton plus one. But those polls are meaningless. The polls and the only polls that matter are Florida, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, and I keep, you know, Iowa, Indiana. I mean, all the red states have to go for Trump. He's got to get Nevada. Hopefully Colorado's in play and and some of these other states. I'd love to see New Mexico in play. New Mexico, your premiums, Arizona, your premiums are going up 116 percent. I, I mean, I listened to Jimmy Kimmel's, you know, man on the street. And, and this is how dumb half the country is. It's funny. I'm laughing. We were all laughing. But the problem is those people are going to vote and they're clueless. And so I don't know which way this is going to turn out. I said this on Twitter today. I'm going to say it here. For Trump to win, he's got to run the table of the all-important swing states, and he's got to pick up New Hampshire, and he's got to pick up Maine's 2nd Congressional District. Or if he doesn't get New Hampshire, then hopefully Pennsylvania gets in play. I believe Pennsylvania can be in play. Then he's got to, Then we've got to look at oh, Michigan. Why people in Michigan would ever vote for a Democrat is beyond any comprehension I have. Then we've got to look at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's so far better off under a Republican governor named Scott Walker. Same with Ohio. Although, you know, John Kasich did a good job as frustrating as frustrated as I am with him today. And frankly, annoyed beyond what words can say on the radio. Or else I'll get accused of going on a rant and dumping myself. Can you believe they accused me of dumping myself yesterday, Linda? Can you believe that? Because it's totally true. Um, anyway, so, you know, look, you have a lot of dumb people in this country. And at some point, there's going to be a point of no return. It's inevitable. 
There's an ebb and flow to election cycles. And if uh, this movement of Donald Trump is not going to end, you know, the, the agenda items that I talk about that would get people back to work out of poverty off of food stamps, get the country energy independent, safer from radical Islamists, meaning vetting and building a wall, you know, that that agenda is not going anywhere. How I feel about the issues and taxes and and deficits and and debt is not changing. How I feel about Supreme Court appointments is not changing. The fight is not going to end on November 8th. The fight, you know, really on November 9th, a, a whole new fight begins. But I think a vision has to be laid out. And Republicans, they're either going to cut bait or die here. Because you're either going to buy on, buy in and fight or just go on your own and go join the Democratic Party. Because you're useless anyway. And that goes for a lot of those Republicans. But we'll talk more. Anyway, let's go to uh, Al is in Scranton, PA. Al, hi, how are you? Glad you called, sir. Hi, Sean. Appreciate uh, appreciate you taking my call today. Uh, I just wanted, uh, as I told your call screener, I just wanted to uh, tell you that you know don't don't be on don't be on the ledge. Pennsylvania is a lot more in play than you think. I I travel an awful lot for work and for uh, things across both all over Pennsylvania and and all over Western New York. You know, Pennsylvania is not monolithic. You know, the, the Democratic areas are around Allentown, it's Harrisburg, it's Allegheny County in Pittsburgh, and it's Philadelphia with some of the collar counties around it. In the, and, and of course Lackawanna and Luzerne County, in the areas that are called the T in Pennsylvania, which is the, the northern tier and then the center, there are more Trump signs than there were in 2008. Look, the and challenge of Pennsylvania, look, if Pat Toomey can win and, and Rick Santorum can win, um, then I guess, you know, sure, a Republican can win. Here's the problem when you when you battle in a state like Pennsylvania statewide is that they try to run up the numbers big time in, in Philly and suburban Philadelphia. And then that means you've got to carry in massive numbers the outskirts of Philadelphia. That's how you win. That's the only way you can win, and it's it's going to be tight. I think it's possible, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you today that Donald Trump's winning Pennsylvania. If he does, it's a game changer. Pennsylvania can win the race for Donald Trump. He could win the whole thing for Donald Trump, and that's assuming, too, North Carolina comes through, Florida comes through, Ohio. Do you see how hard this is? And the, look, I'm not saying I can't make a prediction what's going to happen. I am only giving you truth and reality. I'm a very reality based person. I don't live in the Pollyanna, you know, fantasy world that, oh, all these polls are wrong. I'm not living there. Now, I went over all the instances where polls are wrong. I know they can be wrong. I know they've been wrong many times in the past. I did see what happened in Great Britain with leave or, or stay and Brexit. I know it's all possible, but I'm just I'm hanging on to a very sober reality of the difficult path that is Donald Trump's path to the presidency. Doable? Yes. Easy? Absolutely not. Possible. Not not a done deal by any stretch. And that's why, you know, I know the media does want to suppress your vote and make you think this is over. Don't don't fall into that trap either. You go do your thing, and if you don't want eight more years of this garbage, 
this failure that we have had, then make it your civic duty, your moral obligation to get your ass to the polling places and vote and get your friends out to vote and do everything you can do. Because at the end of the day, we don't, you know, I'd love to take credit for what liberals give me all the time. Guys like Hannity and Limbaugh and others, those talk radio guys, those Fox guys, they're the one. We got to get rid of those guys. If I had that much power, Obama never would have been president. If I could press a button and ensure that Donald Trump wins, I'd press it. I can't. It's up to you. You know, there is only so much I can inform I can I can tell you the, what the consequences are going to be. I'll do the media's job and and give you information they're suppressing, as we now know they have colluded from the get go as it relates to everything that is pro Hillary. But that's all I can do. All right, Evelyn, next Greensboro, North Carolina. What's up, Evelyn? How are you? Oh, hi, Sean. I'm so happy to talk to you. You're my favorite. Oh, thank you. By the way, North Carolina, Trump can't be president without you. You know that, right? I know. I'm making calls for him. Oh, good for you. You yeah. sound like a New Yorker that moved down to I, North Carolina. I am. And I Since bet everybody 19- says, ma'am, you talk funny, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Since 1986, I've been in North Carolina. Wow. I'm not turning Southern for anyone. Listen, Evelyn, Evelyn, your accent <laughs> has not left you. Trust me. <laughs> Okay. So what can I do for you today? What's on your mind? The reason I called today was I'm to the point I've stopped watching Megyn Kelly. No, why do that? Why don't do that? Why? So she's so irritating. As soon as every opportunity she gets. Do you know how many people think I'm irritating? People. No, you're not. Oh, you're very kind. You're very. Well, let me tell you something behind the scenes. She's a very nice person. And But think of what Fox's mission is. Don't, what do we say all the time? That we're fair and we're balanced, right? So here is yeah. Fox News that allows the only conservative, the person that says they are the only conservative to host a full hour of a, on a news network and give very strong opinions and report on things that everybody else wouldn't dare touch. So I can't be there if there aren't other opinions on the network. And, uh, you know, and, and she obviously does a news program, so. Well, I think her interaction with Nuke the other night was totally unacceptable. She was putting her own opinions in there. And I've seen her do everything but crucify Trump when she has the opportunity. Maybe you can talk to her. She's annoying, <laughs> and I'm going to stop oh, well, her. Right. Well, let me just say this. I happen to be a person that likes very strong, powerful debate, okay? Uh Now, listen, I've known Newt Gingrich since 1990. Newt Gingrich held his own. Megan held her own. And then, you know what? Some people probably favor Newt. Some people probably favored her side. But at the end of the day, isn't that healthy for the country to have such a powerful debate like that? I thought it was great. Well, I'm glad you think that. Uh, Sean, you're a wonderful commentator, radio personality. Oh, I so listen sweet. to you God bless constantly. You. And I always watch your TV program. You're recorded, so I don't miss oh. it ever. You know what? I'm getting goosebumps. You're making me feel really good. I'm, get, I'm like Chris Matthews. I'm getting a tingle up my leg right now. <laughs> you're pleased. You'll never I am. I'm getting like a little you. tingle. Listen, let me, let me just say this. I am very proud to work for a channel. That allows 
all points of view. I mean this sincerely. I have been blessed. I'm now in my 21st year at this news channel. And to have people of all different points of view expressing opinions. I, look, Geraldo, I want, he wants to choke me. I want to choke him some nights. But then we put our arms around each other, give each other a high five, and, and you know, we'll, we'll go get a bite to eat together. It's, um, it's a blessing that I can't even describe to you. I am very, very, very appreciative that you watch and listen. It means more than you know. All right, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. First thing is, I'd, like I said, thank you for the proposal, and I'd like to get the 20000 across to you. Um, I'm going to have, I'm going to, the second call I'm going to make here is to my money guy, and he's going to get in touch with you on how to wire the funds to you. Okay, we are running out of time, as you know, so we need to do it quick. He told us to send the check to Americans United for Change. It was earlier this year that we purchased a shell company called Repulse Bay Limited. It was incorporated in Belize, Central America in 2005. Next, we opened a bank account in Belize so we could move money around the world anonymously. Andrew, in a timely way, your guy, your guy took care of business right away. Yes, I just knew it took tricky route through Belize, and, I'm, and I just wanted to make sure that, that that got to you. So good, I'm glad. I'm glad. The money definitely helped. Shortly after the funds were released, Charles Roth's niece, our journalist, got offered an internship at Creamer's firm, Democracy Partners. Roth's money man, Michael Carlson, requested a meeting with Creamer. Carlson said he was looking for an immigration lawyer with powerful connections for a wealthy client in Syria who wanted to live in the U.S. Making the phone call, I'm going to record I just need to, I will try and find a couple of good referrals to you and get back to you pretty quick then, okay? Fabulous. Brad Woodhouse, the president of AUFC, the folks we had sent the money to, heard that we were releasing undercover videos exposing their activities. Woodhouse told a journalist that AUFC was going to return the $20,000. He was concerned it might have been an illegal foreign donation. Critics of our earlier stories have suggested that Creamer isn't as well connected as we reported, that he is just the husband of Chicago Congresswoman Jan Schakowsky. We beg to differ. According to White House visitor logs, Creamer visited the White House 342 times since 2009, 47 of those times with Obama. But it's Creamer's own words that confirm our reporting. Barack Obama was the best campaign in the history of American politics. I mean, the second one. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first one was good, too. I've been, I was consultant to both. The second one was what did you the, everything hit on every level every aspect how, how does he do it still? I mean he never makes a mistake when he's giving a presentation he's consistent as possible uh, I mean more consistent than a scientific experiment he's a pro um, sure I've known the president since he was a community organizer in Chicago I need to meet him okay. <laughs> you may have a lot more opportunity once he's done 99, 98 days, something like that, 97. Yeah, so when do you got to go back? I was just at an event with him in Chicago, actually, on Friday last. <clears throat> um, okay. He's just as good as ever. He's, um, I, I do a lot of work with the White House on their issue, helping to run issue campaigns that they've been involved in. I mean, uh, for immigration reform, for... For the, for the health care bill, for the health care bill, for the, uh, you like some pepper, anyone? Yes, please. For the, uh, enjoy. Thank you. Take the for, thank you. Mm -hmm. Try and make America more like Britain when it comes to gun violence issues. I've been asked about um, 
videos that have come from this outlet uh, in the past, and in each time I've tried to um, urge people to take those reports not at face value, uh, and not just with a grain of salt, but maybe even a whole package of salt, uh, because despite what the name might suggest, these videos have not often revealed the truth. And I think at this point, I would urge extreme caution uh, and drawing conclusions about anybody's character based on uh, a few hours of uh, having looked at this video, because time and time and time again, information that is released by this information by this uh, organization uh, is uh, a lot different than initial reports would indicate. All right, this is now the fourth installment by Project Veritas in terms of what they have been revealing, which, by the way, is fairly extensive and corrupt. It's the fourth and now a series, a multi-part series, that is sending shockwaves through the DNC, the Clinton campaign. That on top of the WikiLeaks that I went over in the first hour today. Welcome back. Glad you're with us. 24 now till the uh, top of the hour. And joining us right now, we have the one and only James O'Keefe. He's the founder of Project Veritas. He spent well over a year investigating this corruption, this nexus between the DNC, Hillary Clinton's campaign, and the fomenting of violence, the plans to orchestrate widespread voter fraud, and now this fourth installment today. Uh, how are you, sir? Hey, th hey, thanks, Sean. And as you just heard that sound coming into the segment, that was Creamer, who has been let go now from the DNC, describing his close relationship with both Obama and Clinton, taking $20,000 from a Belize bank account. That's what's happening in this latest installment. I thought that was uh, Belize. That's where all the rich people put their money to, so they don't pay taxes, I've heard. I've read about that. Drug dealers and, and people who avoid the IRS typically use the British Virgin Islands and Belize offshore accounts. So we actually created an offshore account, a real company, that we wired money to them. And then, and then as soon as Veritas came out with the first video, they quickly sent the money back. Well, actually, right before we released the first video, we reached out to, for them to comment, and then they, they sent the money back. So they thought it was something wrong with taking the foreign money. But Kramer brags about how he can give us access to Hillary, give us a quid pro quo, says he's on daily calls with the Hillary campaign. And, and By the way, isn't that great? I mean, you made a pretty difficult call here to keep the investigation going. You had to decide to pony up twenty grand for this yeah. effort, and I'm sure there was probably some consternation in the room as you're saying, "Really, to finish this, we got to give these people money." Uh, but well, I thought it was the right call, and then you ended up getting it back, which I was glad for you. Well, whatever marginal advantage they get with that twenty thousand dollars is heavily outweighed by the massive public relations hit, an ethical hit, and a potentially legal hit. I mean, two people have presented. But what's remarkable about this, they, they returned the 20000 to us, by the way. But what's remarkable about this whole thing is that you just heard Josh Ernest at the White House say, exercise extreme caution. I mean, Kramer, this is significant. People just need to put pressure on both Obama and Hillary because this guy was close to both of them. And he says so multiple times in the video. And we have some material that, um, you know, showing White House conference calls and, and, and calls with the White House with Kramer. He invited, again, invited our undercover reporter to... To the White House, I could not go because I wouldn't dare go into the White House with a hidden camera. That's against the law. But he invited us to go there, and, and Ernest at the White House, the press secretary, is saying just exercise extreme caution. Yeah, no, I, I read this today. They're, they're urging extreme caution, but this is what we know. This guy's been to the White House 342 times. This guy is on tape saying every morning I'm on a call at 1030 that goes over the message being driven by the campaign headquarters. You have on tape 
the flow of money from Hillary's campaign to the DNC, to this particular group, to those people fomenting violence or orchestrating voter fraud. Now you got in a little bit deeper and you gave $20,000 and 20000 was part of a, basically a down payment. They thought they were going to get a lot more money. And as a result, what were they promising you? They were promising us some type of quid pro quo, which really is as American as apple pie at this point. But what it does prove, he says he can arrange a meeting with Hillary Clinton. He says he's on conference calls every day with the Hillary Clinton campaign. So in return for the $20,000 from this overseas donor, he can give us access. And what this proves is more of what we've shown in the first few videos, that it's straight from the top. Video number three, which I was on your program talking about on Monday, shows that Hillary was personally involved in making people dress up like these ridiculous ducks, Donald Ducks, and would foment reactions, get punched in the face. That was her decision, according to Brad Woodhouse, Bob Kramer, and Scott Fovel featured in the videos. Even Donna Brazil's DNC, the person in the video, her name is Price, says that it was Hillary's idea. And Bob Kramer is now doubling down in these new tapes, saying how close he is with, with Hillary. So if we had a press... So this is really the big headline out of this, is that Hillary Clinton, between the third and fourth video, is making decisions directly to these dark arts political operatives that are fomenting violence, engaging in a plot and scheme for massive voter fraud. And it sounds like money funneling, laundering, foreign donations. Right. Is, is, right. That, is that a fair characterization? Yes. This is money coming from a, a bank account in Belize. And the evidence that they thought it was wrong is that they returned it. I mean, why did they take the money? for? for and then when they get caught, they say, oh, let me return you the money. And, and Brad Woodhouse was on, I think it was Fox and Friends yesterday morning. Brad Woodhouse, by the way, is the guy who runs this nonprofit organization that was working illegally with the DNC. And, and Ducey asked him, Brad, were you coordinating? Said, you bet I was. These guys are just so arrogant. Yeah. I mean, we, it's against well, the we, law. I have that tape. Let me play this for you, because this was on uh, Fox and Friends with Brad Woodhouse. And right after that, I came out of that and I asked Rudy Giuliani, is that legal? Because he said Rudy Giuliani's wrong. Hang on, let's play this. It appears you're coordinating. Are you? Of course we're coordinating. I'm absolutely coordinating. It's completely 100% legal. Here's the problem, okay. Steve, with these. Uh, here's the problem with uh, with James O'Keefe. He's a liar. He's a convict. And he's been successfully sued for lying about people and putting them in a, in a so false So are you light. saying the video I, is not on. accurate? Well, it, it, it's accurate that we're coordinating with the campaign. We're legally allowed to. I have, a, I have an organization that ex exists on the coordinated side of the wall. We just had Rudy exactly. Giuliani on the show, and he said it, it's not legal for outside well, groups to coordinate. Well, he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. And then I interviewed Rudy after he saw that, and he said, that guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Do you know the answer to that? Yeah, I do. Let me address that real quickly. So after Watergate, Congress passed the campaign coordination law. It's very simple. To prove a violation, you just have to be a payment from someone other than Hillary, that in this case would be this nonprofit, which took our $20,000 from the Belize bank account. And the campaign has to be materially involved in shaping the communications. You have Kramer on tape saying it was Hillary's idea to put the ducks on the ground to, to get punched in the face. So you have the payment, you have the conduct, and you have the coordination. Done. FEC complaint has already been filed. Uh, we have 100,000 people on our email list putting pressure on the FEC. Well, because we live in a so, uh, you know, sort of, in my opinion, banana republic where the government doesn't enforce the laws, 
because Brad Woodhouse can go on TV and be as arrogant as you just heard him be. This whole notion, I'm a liar, I mean, it's it, this is, of course, they're going to say that. Not one single thing in the video, Sean, has anyone disputed. Brad Woodhouse just said it's accurate. It, every, in the video, I'm a liar, but it's accurate. I selectively edit video, put another way, like every reporter on the planet, my colleagues gather a massive material for reporting and then winnow it down to tell a story. That's called journalism, especially when it strikes a chord. Do you want to address the personal attacks you always get whenever you expose them? I, I do. I, it would take me probably longer than the segment allows, but the, the editing thing is total rubbish. I mean, Acorn, the, I wasn't sued over editing. I was sued for invading the Acorn people's privacy. It had nothing to do with editing. It had to do with California filming in California, which is a two-party consent state to film. So when you hear people say, O'Keefe's a liar, he edits film, he was sued for editing. I was never sued for editing. I was sued for filming these government workers without their knowledge. And by the way, at the fight, I, I'm willing to take to the Supreme Court. I think we need to film more government workers without their knowledge in, in their offices during the course of business. And the second thing is that I'm a criminal, a convict. But that, with that again, Sean, that was going into a federal building with a camera using pretenses. I showed my real driver's license, and I was eventually cleared of any felony. It was just the mere fact that I was inside of a federal building filming. I learned my lesson, but it really wasn't that big of a deal. Bob Creamer is an actual convicted felon who's actually been convicted for bank fraud and has actually met with Obama 47 times and talked to Hillary every day. So I'm a convict for a misdemeanor using a camera in a federal building. He's a convict for bank a, a, fraud. A misdemeanor does not make you a convict, by the way. You know, it's not a felony, is it? It's no, a misdemeanor. No, no. Yeah. It's, a, it's a class B misdemeanor, yeah. petty crime for filming in a federal on a federal property. Gee, gee, a journalist. Gee, and by the way, I'm more with you. I tend to believe that we need more filming of government workers to find out more corruption, more lies, more uh, planning and scheming and plotting to manipulate and foment violence and voter fraud. I think it's more important the American people know that truth. Look, I, the reason I do want to give you that opportunity is because every time you're talked about on any other show but mine, it seems that's the attack you get, and I want to make sure that people understand. All right? Uh, what? You, tell Sean. me what else is coming. Well, we help some materials. We're still, we're literally producing them. We're releasing a little something tomorrow. We're releasing tapes all next week. I just wish that people would put pressure on the White House about the relationship with Creamer more, because I can't do that. That, that, that. The press pool has to do that. And I think people have got to ask Hillary Clinton about what we've exposed so far. But we have more. We have more materials that show White House conference calls between Bob Creamer and some of the converse. Bob Creamer was the, as the highest as the high gets, literally working right with Clinton, right with Obama. And we, we can show more of that. All right. Well, and when is the Media Matters stuff coming out? That's tomorrow. So one of the things that happened was we did Media Matters, David Brock. They don't, they don't like me for some reason over there. I don't know why. They're a huge, they're, they don't like you and they don't like me, Sean, but they, they did invite us to their headquarters to have some conversations. They talked specifically about these women, these women who've been by, groped by Trump, allegedly. They were doing a program on that. So we have a little something coming out tomorrow on that. Do you have David uh, Brock on tape? Unfortunately not, but we do have the president of Media Matters on tape. His name is Bradley. Uh, I can't remember his last name at the moment, but David Brock was out of town, but, but uh, David Brock has gotten in trouble for money laundering himself between him and various uh, groups that he's not supposed to be coordinating with. Was that proven or is that in court? That's that's currently there have been some stories written about that. Um, these these groups tend to get away with it, Sean, because they, there's just no law enforcement no. at the FEC. I think somebody filed a complaint against me again this year. Here we go. Another hundred thousand dollars in legal fees.
Uh, all right. Uh, thank you, James O'Keefe, Project Veritas. We appreciate it as always. Thanks for your good work. And uh, thanks. thanks, Sean. All right, eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? Uh, Congressman Scott Garrett, Freedom Caucus member, in a little bit of trouble. We're going to put him on and get your calls in the next half hour of the program. All right, twenty five now till the top of the hour. <laughs> it's funny, right? It's ve- go ahead. You can just. I said on Twitter to pound away on me. This is how insane I am. Uh, so I'm like in the middle of the night, half asleep, and I, you don't know because they won't let me wear my glasses on TV. I have one eye that is nearsighted and one that's farsighted, but I wear glasses the entire radio show, and I have for years, and literally the prompter on television is in my face, which is the only with the biggest letters they can put on the prompter so I can read the stupid thing, the parts that I have to read, which is minimal anyway. Um, and so I tweeted out something last night, I half asleep, and I just rolled over, I was pissed, and I just tweeted something out, and it didn't make any sense. Everyone's writing, drunk tweet, drunk tweet. I'm like, well, I don't get drunk, number one. Number two, I didn't put my glasses on, which is so stupid. I deserve every bit of abuse that I got on Twitter today. Go on, no, say it. Go open your microphone and say I, it. You, you know, I actually found it very funny because just yesterday we were talking about these Twitter war heroes that go on and say, yeah, I know. oh, the punctuation, the, the grammar. Spelling. I know, I know. And you're like, I have a message to get out. I don't care about that. I was like, well, what was the message <laughs> last night? <laughs> what was it? Nobody knows. You know, you're probably the only one that can vouch for me that I, I, I'll have a couple of beers, but I don't get drunk. No, I will vouch for you because here's, here's what you do that I find incredibly annoying. Right. Um, um, we'll all go out and then you take everybody out and say, okay, now you have a drink, you have a drink, and then you get a glass full with, uh, you know, sparkling water or seltzer. No, and you I tell drink, everybody I drink it's beer. Like, no, drink. but you'll you'll lie to us and say it's vodka or something like that. This is what you did when I, early on. Uh-huh. Make everybody else do shots. You throw yours over your shoulder. No, I put water. I have I pay the lady to put water in mine. Disaster. I'm, I'm, I'm 54 years old. Do you think I'm going to sit there with you a You don't need of- alcohol to make bad tweets. You do it all by yourself. I do it all by myself. And I deserved it. And anyway, it was, uh, but I also talk, I don't sleep well. I'm sleepy. And I, I sleep better because of my pillow. That's all true. But the problem is during this campaign, I'm waking up every two hours and looking at my phone. And it's annoying me because I want to see what the news is every two hours. It's crazy. And that's how into the election I am. And. You know, I'm sure at some point, maybe around Christmas, I'll become a normal human being again. But until well, then, we'll, we'll definitely sleep better if we keep Freedom Caucus members in the house. Now, and that's the most important thing. Uh, one of the things I am not going to do this year is I'm, I'm not going to a bat for a lot of people. I'm just not. And the only people that I feel that I can trust in Congress now, there, there are some senators that I like. I still like Ted Cruz. I'm mad at Mike Lee. Why won't Mike Lee pick up his phone and call me back? Because he knows that I'm going to push him on what he's doing out in utah so now if it's something that he doesn't like me to tell him he won't take my call is that what his office said to you today i don't speak to his office anymore and they don't speak to me because they don't have a book to push for him so no we don't don't have a conversation so mike senator mike lee who i've always liked always supported won't take my phone call now isn't that interesting you know donald trump mentioned his brother as a potential supreme court nominee and he's not supporting Trump out in Utah. Now you've got this this third-party challenger who anybody hardly knows, and it puts Utah at risk for Trump. And I wanted to talk to the senator about it, but I can't get a call back from Senator Mike Lee. Gee, thanks, Senator. Fairweather friend or what? I guess you forgot that you thought that they worked for you, your representative elected officials, well, I'm not but as, they I'm, don't. Well, they're supposed they to be public the, servants. Yeah, they work for the lobbyists. 
Yeah, well, you know, I'm hoping still upon hope that maybe Senator Mike Lee will call me back. He is a constitutionalist, isn't he? Yeah, something that I am, too. Maybe we need to remind him that he works for us. Well, he really officially works for the people of Utah, but yeah, he does sworn to uphold the Constitution. Indeed you know. he is. Indeed he is, yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to bat for many of these guys, but the people that I admire most right now in Washington is the Freedom Caucus. And there are other people, Louis Gohmert, who's not a member of the Freedom Caucus, but Louis Gohmert has my uh, undying loyalty because he's an amazing, principled man. Steve King of Iowa is another guy. Love Steve King. And uh, another one is Scott Garrett of New Jersey, who's a member of the Freedom, Freedom Caucus. He's one of their founding members. And they stand for the principles of limited government, rule of law, fighting for liberty and safety and prosperity and promoting these principles and policies. And he unfortunately is in a fight for his life in New Jersey in the congressional district. He represents the fifth district. Uh, And what part of New Jersey is that, Congressman? And uh, it's good to speak with you. It's, I always describe it as the nicest part of New Jersey. It's the top crescent of New Jersey from Hudson River to Delaware River, um, Bergen, Sussex, Warren, and Passaic counties, including the 5th District. But it's good to be with you. All right. You are, look, your district has always been relatively tough, but you've been targeted. What are they doing? Oh, it, it, it is a targeted district. Um, they have come in. They put a candidate up who is really not from the area. He just moved up here a few years ago. He was somebody who was Bill Clinton's speechwriter back during the uh, Monica Lewinsky days and that sort of thing. And ever since then, he has been tied to the Clintons. He is someone that the Clintons actually say they consider him part of their family. That's how close he is. And every job that he's gotten since then is through the Clintons or Mark Penn and what have you. And because of that close relationship that he has, they have poured millions and millions and millions, actually around $10 million from outside special interest groups, whether it's Nancy Pelosi's PAC, whether it's the C, whether it's other special interest PACs on the left, uh, on the Democrat side, just trying to do what? Buy the seat um, and put this in the, uh, in the Democrat column behind uh, Hillary Clinton. But the real truth is, is you're really not getting a lot of support from Republican leadership either, are you? Because you're a Freedom Caucus member. They don't like the Freedom Caucus, do they? Well, I was one of the uh, nine guys who uh, met uh, early on and said, you know, we need to have a new little group here. We said, let's call the House Freedom Caucus. And our idea was to do what? To try to create more transparency and openness in the process, to try to move the agenda along and uh, try to get things more open and move the agenda in a more conservative manner. Just an aside, before that, I actually was one of the, or was the founder of the Constitution Caucus um, in Congress because we have to return to our our basics. We have to return to our founding principles. And so it was from the Constitution Caucus to the House Freedom Caucus. And uh, and because of that, yeah, we don't, we don't necessarily get support from all the uh, special interest groups and the like uh, because of some of our, uh, how we're pushing things. When you say leadership, I'm talking about Paul Ryan and company. Has he been supportive of you? Um, Paul actually did come in. Um, Paul came in um, a few weeks ago and uh, did uh, something down in, uh, not right in the district, but out, outside of the district and helped us do a, a fundraiser. So uh, we're, we're, appreciated, we're appreciated of the money because, as I say, we're up against a mega forces from the outside. It's the Clinton cartel. And it's really not just me saying that. It's uh, even like the New York Times admitted it when they did a look at the numbers and saw a vast numbers of the dollars is coming out of the proverbial Hillary Clinton Rolodex. And once you have that Rolodex, you know what that can do for any campaign. No, I agree. Do you have any recent poll numbers you can share with us? 
Well, I can I can say this as far as polling that this is a a tough district, and with that, that amount of money, it's a uh, it's going to be every, you know every man being out there in the next twelve days, and every dollar that we can get. So I'll put the plug in right now, GarrettForCongress.com, GarrettForCongress.com to to try to we're not, we're not going to catch up. I mean, as far as that goes, in in twelve days, we're not going to raise you know ten million dollars, um, but we are able to be on TV and radio and the rest um, to try to get the message out. And look, the message in this district is no different than a lot of other districts when you're running against Hillary Clinton and, and her uh, her group, her cartel. My opponent has said he wants to amazingly raise taxes. He wants to keep the status quo in Washington. He likes the old idea of the uh, crony cronyism that's down there. He likes the idea that um, uh, Washington makes the decisions how do you spend your money as opposed to letting the people who actually earn the hard-earned tax dollars or their pay- paychecks to make their money. And so it's just like uh, a page out of Hillary Clinton's playbook as to what his platform is. So that's what we're up against. So uh, we're fighting it, and we're going to be successful. Um, at the end of the day, uh, but it is a fight. All right. I want to wish you all the best, Congressman Scott Garrett of New Jersey. And, uh, Congressman, you're one of the good guys. I have great admiration, I really do, for the Freedom Caucus. Uh, I'm very, very, very unhappy with both House and Senate Republicans, and I will be addressing that in great, great detail come November 9th. Uh, thank Go you ahead. so much, and I hope you're still in uh, Congress at that point, and you could probably help us out a lot. I, I appreciate that, Sean, and I, I agree with you that we have to support the Republican ticket from top to bottom, and in the only way, in that way, we'll be able to actually uh, change America, change the status quo in Washington, and move forward. And I'll mm-hmm. and say, well, I'll take it a step so further. Much, there are going to be a lot of Republicans that are going to be named that when Hillary appoints liberal justices to the Supreme Court, I'm telling them they did that. They okay. own that. They'll own her unvetted refugees. They'll own her open border illegal immigrants. They'll own Obamacare, which probably becomes single payer. They'll own all of the coal miners out of work and coal companies out of business. They will, uh, they'll own her tax increases. They'll own her spending increases. And uh, I'm just making that point now, but I'll have more details after the election. Right, because not only on that, they'll own the terrible economy, eight years of an economy where you have not seen in any increase or leveling of family income. It's been going down, the worst recovery since 1949, more kids living at home than ever before. That's all under Obama, and that will continue if we have Hillary Clinton in the White House. All right, appreciate it, Congressman Scott Garrett, New Jersey, New Jersey's 5th District. Please put that name if you're in New Jersey and etch it into your your memory. Very important that you keep that seat. Adam is in Salt Lake City, Utah. And yes, Utah is in play, unfortunately, because the Never Trumpers want to play spoiler in this campaign. And I'm hoping and praying that Utah doesn't doesn't fall into this trap that Donald Trump could be president. But for Utah, that would be an unmitigated disaster. How are you, Adam? We are, too. I'm good. I'm good. Honored to speak with you. I I worked in radio for 14 years, afternoon guy like you, but a fraction of the audience. So big, big respect for you, Sean. But no, I appreciate what anyway, sta- yeah, What I, station did you work I grew, at? I, what's that? What station did you work at? I worked at a top 40 station up in Idaho Falls, KFTZ. That's awesome. Good for you. I yeah, love I love my fellow radio brethren, and it's a very tough business. People don't it have is. any idea. They think it's all glamour. It's not. Anyway, it's not. so uh, what do you think is going <laughs> to anyway, happen yeah, there? So I, I grew up LDS. Uh, Mormon, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so disappointed in Romney. I mean, that's an old story, but now this silly look at me candidate, Evan McMullen, I'm, I'm just, but I'm not as worried two days ago as I, you know, today as I was two days ago after going to the the Pence rally in public. How many people showed up? It was in Salt Lake City. 
It was like three to four thousand people that were there for a vice presidential was, candidate. That's massive. And think yeah. of think of it this way: in Florida, Tim Kaine got thirty people. Exactly, exactly. You're not even getting that kind of support for the nominee for Hillary Clinton. You're getting it for the VP in a state where he's only polling thirty uh, no. percent ticket. So it's it's just it's it's unbelievable. I have some serious hope, and I'm really praying and really hoping that just like Ben said, that the Republicans come home here in Utah and throughout the country that we're going to see it happen. Listen, I, I look, I love the people of Utah. I have an affinity for Salt Lake City. I it's just a very special place. I've been out there many, many times. I've gotten to know the people. Uh, the, it, it almost takes you back circa America 1950, and I just have great admiration for the people of, of Salt Lake and the city that they maintain. Remember, I went out and I debated Mayor Rocky Anderson. Remember that back in the day? The day? Um, I can only say this. Look, I understand... I understand that there are people like Governor Romney, who to this day, I, I still argue, would have made a great president. I really believe that with all my heart. I don't put him in the same category as McCain and Bob Dole. I think Mitt Romney would have been a great president. As a person, I actually love the guy. He's a great guy. His family, great family. I have no idea what has happened with him. I haven't talked to him. I haven't reached out to him. I don't want to reach out to him because I don't want to get in a fight with the guy. Because it's it, to me, the damage he is doing is incalculable. And if if Utah were to ever go, who's the guy, Admiral, whatever his name is, that's running out there, third party? If it ever, yeah, Admiral McMullen, who's a good person, I have nothing against him. If he ever wins Utah and Donald Trump loses because he didn't win Utah, do you really want to live with that? Because then Utah owns Hillary. I'd hate to see the country so critical of a, of a state, a city in particular that I love. And I ask you to really think twice. It's really, they're only going to be one of two people as the next president. It's either going to be Hillary or Donald Trump. On Supreme Court justices, which will impact your children for generations. The vetting of refugees, which will impact this country for generations. You know, border security, which will impact this country for generations. Getting rid of Obamacare, becoming energy independent. A big issue out in Salt Lake City. Education, choice in education. Those issues alone, Donald Trump has Salt Lake City values. Now, if you want to talk to me about him being crap, Okay, guilty. But he's not a liar, and he's not corrupt, and he's not enriching himself, nor is he going to put a Supreme Court up like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So, I, look, I'm just hoping and praying that you do the right thing. That's it. That's my pitch. I can't tell people what to do. I tried to warn everybody about Obama. I turned out to be more right than I ever thought I'd be. I'm, I'm warning you about Hillary, and the same thing's going to happen. You know, the country will suffer. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head and Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com backslash live. Joe Biden wants you taxed to the brink. 
under the thumb of the IRS and controlled with a digital dollar. That's why thousands of hardworking patriotic Americans are opting out by diversifying their savings with the top-rated precious metals company, GoldCo. Right now, GoldCo is offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver, but only while supplies last. So don't wait. Go to HannityGold.com to learn how to get started today. That's HannityGold.com.